2021 saw the publication of books by both Patrice Evra and Peter Schmeichel, two of the finest players of Sir Alex's sides. Schmeichel wrote his book with Johnny Northcroft, who has supported Aberdeen since the glory days of the early 1980s and who also covered the northwest of England for the Sunday Times. When Ferguson whistled and hummed, writes Schmeichel, that meant he was nervous and covering it up. Yes, the hairdryer could blow a gale, but the gusts never lasted. After a match, he said what needed saying, then sent us off for our bath and hardly spoke about the game again. Over the course of the first five years of the Ferguson era, the entire first eleven changed, except Clayton Blackmore remained at left back. Even then, Stuart Pearce was long coveted by Ferguson, but, humorously, Brian Clough wouldn't even return his calls. Jim Layton, his old Aberdeen player, had effectively been tapped up to avoid the wrath of Dick Donald, the Aberdeen chairman, while tax reasons meant that Mark Hughes was loaned to Bayern Munich before rejoining United. Michael Crick notes in his book The Boss that Barcelona had tried to offload Hughes' Barcelona teammate Gary Lineker, who was out of favour and being played on the right. A notable anecdote in Schmeichel's book, called One, tells the story of celebrating his manager's 50th birthday before a game against QPR at the very start of 1992. The team did something they never did before a home game and stayed at a hotel. The noise of Manchester thus disturbed the team's sleep and they lost 4-1. That was the last time United stayed in a hotel before a home game. It began a poor second half to the season where their goal scoring slowed to one per game, whereas it had been two per game in the first half. With the title in their grasp, United played five games in ten days with four games in seven days with only one rest day between each day, which under FIFA regulations of the current day could not happen. Ferguson thought United should have complained and accepted a fine. Worse, two of those sides whom they played were relegated. Darren Ferguson was technically very good but slow, and he converted Brian McClare to a central midfielder. Nonetheless, in 1992, Leeds United won the title with one of the most average teams, but they were as committed as it's possible to be. After United lost to Leeds United in the Youth Cup in 1993, Gary Neville writes that he had a little bit of a go at us, telling the young lads they had no chance of playing for the first team with that sort of display. Funnily enough, as Crick reveals, he had done this with the young Dons in 1985, barracking them at half-time as their manager and getting a result. Some of them were crying, apparently. The team won 5-3 after extra time. Shall I mention my book on the Youth Cup, which is out next year? Or just put it in brackets. Ferguson allowed us, says Schmeichel, one glass of wine the night before games. But the one time Schmeichel had a glass, he made a mistake during the game and put it down to the alcohol. After the team won the title in 1993, Ferguson told his players not to drink before the next day's dead rubber. Elsewhere that season, following a 3-3 draw with Liverpool when United led 3-0, the gaffer called Schmeichel into his office and fired him for disobedience and insulting the manager after the game. Schmeichel took the hint, apologised in public with his teammates present and was retained. Good decision. The first great United side played together 12 times, never losing and barely conceding. Schmeichel was in goal behind a back four of Paul Parker, Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister and 8 out of 10 Dennis Irwin. Never lets you down. When Schmeichel and Ferguson meet up, they talk about Dennis and desperately try to recall any mistakes he made. We can never come up with any. Schmeichel calls Irwin a witty lad but a quiet lad, very genuine and very kind, the type who is the bedrock 
of a good dressing room. Owen led the team out and was named captain in his final appearance in 2002. It was Owen who eventually replaced Clayton Blackmore. In that first great team, Roy Keane and Paul Ince were in the middle with Andre Kanchalskis and Ryan Giggs out wide and Eric Cantona and Mark Hughes up front. Brian Robson was about to retire while Lee Sharp, the gaffer's son Darren and Brian McClare were useful squad players. This was in the days where... 16 men squads were de rigueur. The season also saw appearances from Nicky Butt, Mike Phelan, Gary Neville and Dion Dublin, who was recovering from a broken leg. Giggs was protected in Excelsis by Ferguson, with the manager going berserk when Terry Yorath gave him a debut for Wales against Germany. He restricted him to full competitive games, amazingly having made his debut in 1991. His first friendly appearance was in 2000, when Mark Hughes was manager. Kanchelskis, meanwhile, felt straight-jacketed and asked to leave United three times, despite writing in a memoir that things were good between he and Ferguson mere weeks before he left the club. Although Ferguson enjoyed Incy's banter and upbeat mood, he had a negative view of his influence on the younger group. He also called him out in a game against Barcelona, calling him a bottler. The gaffer did not want a set of mini-governors emerging from our reserves, thinking it was all about swagger and not the team. The supporter club, I Musa, even tried to persuade Ince to stay, leading to the press officer of the group falling on his sword. But Mick Hucknell, of all people, had been told that Ince would be going to Italy soon. Ferguson didn't like finishing training. He thought it risked injuries, which meant Brian Kidd was always sneaking it in, according to the Great Dane. Schmeichel marvelled at the forward planning done by Ferguson, who had two brains, one focused on the present and one that looked ahead. He saw it firsthand when Ferguson pointed to some young players and told him that one of them would play half of our first League Cup game in two seasons' time. In his memoir, There to be Shot at, Tony Coton wrote that the 1991-92 season, which ended in disappointment for United, would have improved with the addition of striker Mick Harford, but the board would not sanction the signing of a 33-year-old veteran. The Old Trafford pitch didn't help either. The towering stands, writes Code, made it difficult to produce a decent playing service. Sir Alex was seriously thinking about ditching his passing principles for a more direct route to goal. Indeed, Ferguson was unhappy with the atrocious pitch, bare and muddy, and it had to be piled with sand. It sloped up in the middle too, so much that if you were sitting in the front row of the south stand, you couldn't see the front row of the north stand. Renovating the stadium might tear the heart out of the ground, and as for the creation of the Premier League, he worried it would fleece the fans. The man Watford fans called TC thought it was a wind-up when Sir Alex phoned him at home and wanted to meet him tomorrow. But you've got Schmeichel, Coton said, to which the gaffer replied, See you at two o'clock. Don't be late. Coton was recruited to put the edge back into the goalie's game to stop him coasting. TC was at Manchester City, and many fans and friends would be appalled at this state of affairs. But Sir Alex was an irresistible force who always makes you feel like the most important person in the world. Coton became the first City player to move directly across the city in over 20 years, and only the second in 90 years. He was predominantly the goalkeeper for the second eleven, never even representing United as a player, but after the end of his playing career, Sir Alex got in touch with him, inviting him to pop in for a chat, and TC came into work with the keepers at the training ground. I thought he was winding me up, admitted Roy Keane in his memoir upon learning that the United manager was on the phone. 
After Nottingham Forest's relegation in 1993, Keane had agreed a deal with Blackburn Rovers, but Ferguson wanted a chat with Roy in Manchester, telling him nothing had been signed yet. I knew I could never refuse to sign for the world's most famous football club, said Keane, but he had to stay cool, don't appear too eager. Ferguson and Keane played snooker, Keane let him win, and first impressions were that he was unaffected, funny and reassuringly human. Having just won the Premiership and with Brian Robson's career winding down, United needed a midfield replacement. Much to Kenny Dalglish's annoyance, and with Ferguson telling him that with Keane we can win in Europe, not just in the domestic league, Keane was swung. He joined a team of men full of imposing characters. He learned of the public interest in the club on the pre-season tour, where airports were mobbed. For a player like Keane, Ferguson was the perfect manager who saw through the game's bluffers and bullshitters and dealt with Keane's many indiscretions. Talking of indiscretions. Eric Cantona was the subject of a book by Ian Ridley in 1995, which capitalised on the kung fu kick of a fan at Selhurst Park. Ridley finishes his book by talking to Ferguson in May of that year, just before the run-in, where a successive League Cup double was still possible. Ridley notes the gaffer's fierce pride with a dash of the bastard, but contrasts this by calling him a warm and expansive man, indeed a big man for a big job. Perhaps, Ridley ponders, Cantona is the player he wishes he could have been. Ferguson stuck behind Cantona much as Martin Edwards went into bat for Ferguson himself five years before. Cantona was a typical United player who should always have the courage to want the ball, a player with imagination who has the big picture. As the club sought to regain the Premiership title, Ridley suggests it's time for a little tough love with Cantona, who handed in a transfer request which was assuaged by a chat with the gaffer. Cantona appears in the Ferguson documentary saying how in France he had lost the passion for the game. Michel Platini told him he just needs to be understood and Ferguson himself gave him an opportunity to be himself. Cantona approved. He was more than a manager, giving him the freedom you need to express yourself. That meant he worked hard to win four titles across five years. However, winning triumphed sentiment. As we've seen at Aberdeen and as with Brian Robson in 1994, Alex Ferguson left Steve Bruce out of the 1996 FA Cup final team. Like Robson, Bruce was not even on the bench. Like Robson, Bruce left the club immediately afterwards. In 1990, it was Tara Fergie. In 1994, Ferguson had joined Best, Law, Charlton and Busby as one of the gods. Whatever next? Yes, I know.